place to start in the sense of like having like been in combat sports and stuff like that you i guess you think of kind of all kind of scenarios even if it is just like regular day life yeah yeah i mean 100 percent. it's uh obviously it's, it's not like you get off every day on just things about violence just put my off. um on like violence and combat as a whole but at the end of the day the world can't be you know yeah man can't be a violent place so it's nice to have that barking and knowing that you can kind of if needs be, you've got the ability to defend yourself or, you know, others around you if you need to. Yeah, man. So, like, how did you get into Taekwondo? Like, from the multiple kind of yeah. combat sports guys we've had on so far, it seems to be one of two stories. It's either to defend yourself or your parents have got you into it to, like, yeah. keep you active as a child and stuff like that. So, which kind of avenue was it for you that got you into it? Yeah, uh, it'd be more more towards defending myself. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an aspect of my parents being involved, but it was more... Um, my dad, you know, he was uh, wanted me to do some sort of sport. Tried football, but wasn't my thing. Wasn't very good yeah. at it. Still ain't any good at it. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do something anyway. And I just happened to stumble across the Taekwondo dojo at the time. Um, I lived in Spain at the time, so it was just one of the things to happen to see it. And I was like, I want to try that, you know. So yeah, I went to try it. Um, I had been bullied a lot prior to that, so. It was never, I was never any good at defending mm -hmm. myself, you know. But um, yeah, once I got into that, it stopped becoming the main purpose. It was, a, it was, a, it was always a big thing. Probably, I'd say, for the initial part of getting into martial arts, the biggest motivation was one to just be involved in something, and then two would be to just, in the simplest form, at that age, it was I want to know how to fight, mm -hmm. you know, and that was it. So yeah, that was the two main reasons I'd say that I kind of got into it. What age did you move to Spain? Because, I mean, for yeah. a lot of people that maybe don't know you, that uh, what you, your younger life, you were over here, and then you mm -hmm. went to Spain for a time and then came back. Yeah, so I moved to Spain when I was seven, mm -hmm. and I spent seven years out there. So I basically came back here when I was about 14. Like half your life at that point, really, as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, 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 big, big, big important portion of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was uh, it was great, you know, to go out there and just, it's a, it's a different world, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, you go out on holiday and all that, and that, that's good. But you don't really get the full, yeah, you know, the yeah, full experience. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, for me, I suppose, excuse me, uh, one of the best things would be the, the, taking the whole, the whole experience of learning another culture, you know. And the biggest thing that I took from what was, was the language, you know. Mm -hmm. So I became fluent in Spanish, and that—that's something I'll never be, uh, never be more thankful for. You yeah, know, man. my parents put me in that position because it was, that's a great, it's a great one. It's a great, um, it's a great skill to have. You know, because a lot of people speak Spanish, you know, whether it be South Americans or also Spain themselves. But um, as well as that, it's just it's a handy thing to know, you know, and to have. So it's a good experience. 100%, yeah. Isn't it? Right, when you can swear to me without me knowing what you're saying. Much, yeah, you know, <laughs> things like that were always hard. No, it, was, it was always good. I mean, I had, obviously, I've got a lot of family over here. So um, and a lot of family come out to see us as well. And it was nice to be able to let them get the full experience as well without the stress of having to understand and translate things where they can just kind of look at me and go aye aye what did he say yeah, yeah. You know? so no it was good it was really good and I, I would uh, 
I would never look back on it as a negative experience. Mm-hmm. You know, albeit I'm back here, uh, multiple reasons for that, but it's my home at the end of the day. Yeah. What but part? I, what part know, of Spain were you in, mate? A place called Murcia, so okay. southeast of Spain, so okay. basically just under Alicante. All right. Aye, yeah. Aye, aye. So really hot, nice part of aye. Spain. It was a really, it was a proper coastal kind of area, mm-hmm. Mediterranean. I was just good, you know. Brilliant, uh, brilliant culture. Really rustic, you know. You know, place. Really old culture. You know, they're very. We were very big on that, especially in the school. We do a lot of excursions to, um, you know, just to, to notable places that you know have a lot of history. And I, I'm into all that. You know, I quite enjoy just learning about, you know, where I am and where how this place got to where it is. And yeah, it was always really yeah, good. Was the food as well. Food was amazing. I love it. You know. Yeah, was that like all like kind of like local seafood and stuff like that, paella and all that type? Yeah, of Yeah, you get a lot of that. Um, but again, I mean, I suppose like any mother, you know, a lot. But the mums are they're very authentic with their cooking. You know, yeah, they love to cook for you. And uh, I had a lot of friends that were Moroccan, so that was another culture I got to experience some of, not to the extent of Spanish, but a very vast, yeah, Middle uh, Eastern type insight. culture. Yeah, and I tell you what, the, again, a very that's a misunderstood part of the world for the most part you know you yeah hear a lot of things i'm not saying just as a whole but you hear a lot of things about some of them places because you get bad you know bad press about them yeah man. which i don't agree with after having spent the time around the, the people, people i had yeah. you get bad people anywhere it doesn't matter where they're from what background they're from you get bad people plenty of them here you know but in the same street you know but you don't go saying oh, all scottish are scumbags you know mm. you, you don't so no uh couldn't have asked for a more inviting you know inviting them uh just just the people as a whole everyone was inviting and again food seems to be a one thing that always brings people together yeah, you know? yeah. and it was again it was one of them awesome things was a big part of it was okay it might not have riches and riches to bark them but we'll sit you down for a nice meal that we've made and you know not that was awesome itself because it was nice to again see how different you know how different things worked and i never obviously like i never participated in things like ramadan but I got to go. They have a massive party, you know. Yeah. So I got to kind of go to that, and it was just awesome to see how they all kind of worked. Because you know? I think that's like one thing that I definitely think mainstream doesn't like reflect on when it comes yeah. to like um, Islam and that is like yeah. I, I actually learned this when I was watching a documentary on Habib uh-huh. the fighter. Yep. And he was talking about this like ancient Dagestan tradition they have of like even if your worst enemies at the door, you have to look after them and mm-hmm. accommodate them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then obviously once they're better, tell them to leave and and whatnot. And you you would never hear that on stuff like the BBC or no. something like that. They would always project that, like you know, the the wars that we've been involved with in yeah. Middle Eastern countries and stuff like that. So, but it is it is cool when you actually get to like hear from people rather than just be told about people. You know what I mean, and I think that's a good kind of lesson to learn in any kind of situation. Yeah. One thing I want to ask is how how was your uh you because for anyone that that doesn't know uh, Jamie and Conan are cousins yeah. and um, very close now, but obviously with Conan living in Spain for a a big portion of his life up until this point uh when he came back or even when he was over in spain were you close during this period or was it just from the distance and stuff because obviously we're talking about like pre-zoom and all this type of, course, of stuff yeah. yeah well yeah i mean well we would we would uh, be on the phone actually quite a lot wouldn't we a lot and on yeah. the playstation we would play card well, a lot of exclusively so. yeah well it was important to do that though because like there would be stuff like downloading even just like downloading music like you phone me like oh how do i do this yeah. yep like just little things like that and um because like I only went out to see him the once I think you know what I mean the whole was, seven years yeah yeah because it was kind of was kind of difficult to sort of get out there and mm-hmm. obviously you know his his mum ran a bar mm-hmm. his mum and dad ran yeah. a pub so um you know they're like real it's a really sort of busy time and yeah 
So, but yeah, like we we would always be on the phone and stuff like that. That was that was always important. As a as a family, you know, we're, we're always really close. I uh, just all of us, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's just the way things are, you know. Okay, we fight and break our yeah, yeah, family, yeah. but that, that's part of it, you know. But um, but no, I mean, having been over there, it's a fair distance to be away, you know. Um, especially that age, a lot. You're learning a lot. You're experiencing a lot of new things. And obviously, I always looked up to Jamie. You know, my older mm-hmm. cousin taught me a lot. You know, shaped me a lot to what I am now. So yeah, it was it was hard being away, but I came back on holidays. You know, regularly for the last four years or so, I was out there. I'd come back at least once a year. I was back, and yeah, it was nice to just come back and remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how everything from was and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, totally. albeit when I left, when I left first left Scotland, it wasn't you know for me it was just getting the hell away from here because a lot of. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff going on with being bullied and things like that. But again, you know, being in touch with family was a really big thing. And every yeah. time you come back, though, it's like getting you just pick up where you left off. Yeah, that was it. It was never. It, it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like you'd left. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like strange. Nah, no, 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 it was. I mean, it was. It was one of the weird things that you know you kind of start talking to people. The, you know, what you've been up to, and it's a bit different to your normal. Or what you've been up to, or, you know, nothing. Yeah, I've not yeah. seen you for a year, so yeah, maybe maybe we yeah, yeah. can elaborate on oh, that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. See, like back in the day, though, can like you'd be on the phone, right? Yeah. And this is when we were playing COD, right? So we like dial up, fucking. Uh, oh, I, yeah, the struggles. I, yeah. I, so like we'd be on the phone, and then you get a shout, <coughs> and mum would be like, "I'm needing the phone," and mum would like, "Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's it." Mom, so yeah. you can barely like, and then or we would be on COD or something like a. You'd be you'd be so close to a nuke. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And like boom, the phone in. would go. Yeah. <laughs> And most of the time, it was his mum phone to speak to my mum, and I was. Oh, I, honestly, raging. thing is, we spent we spent the best part, I'd say, of what it was like a year, year or two, mm-hmm. trying to get my PlayStation to download it in the first place. Mm-hmm. I could not get on like uh, I could not get on like the PSN. Network. I like, like the time we were on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't. I don't know why something would not take. Yeah. It would go to download it. It would generally take like three days, and then just nothing would happen. Yeah, it would yeah. crash at the end, and I'm just like, <laughs> I gave up in the end. But this is like early internet, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, I mean, we're talking slow speeds. We're talking probably 2008 or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, like really nine, 2009 or so because it was MW2, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that, oh, yeah. well 2009, yeah, 2009 would have been that time. Yeah, yeah. the uh, best well, one. When we got there in the end, yeah, it was it was, it was an epic time, you know. And I think that was like the, just this kind of turning of technology as well because the iPhone oh, yeah. had recently just came 100%. out. And, Dial-up was dying out yeah. at that time, and then I can, know what we have now. Can very, can very well remember at the time as well, um, like getting on to, finally getting on to the PlayStation, and even to the extent where Jamie had to actually set up a PSN account because yeah. we couldn't get that to function right, you know. So he set all that up from here, punted the details over, yeah. And we finally got it all squared up, and then yeah, it was just the daily challenges of trying to play an actual solid game, you know, without the breakups yeah, in between. Yeah. <laughs> you got again, pretty good though. Oh, I oh, here we, we you know we got you know yourself like anyone I suppose at that time that was fortunate enough to actually experience the the Modern Warfare Two era. Let's be honest, that was the that was the go to era yeah. at the time. I mean, you're so obviously I throw a knife. A much a much simpler knife, a uh, much simpler time. Sorry, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, if only, yeah, <laughs> if only the golden age, but also quite a brutal age. I mean, oh, we all was, remember the wild. lobbies and stuff. Oh, here, <laughs> those were not good places to be. Sometimes, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's maybe maybe nice to think of going back to when my priority at the time was having given up prestige and legitimately, yeah. and the sheer goal was just to get into a hot lobby to yeah. just try and get. Yeah, yeah, it actually caught me out. Remember that I got caught out quite bad. Someone, uh, someone offered to give me. Uh, I warned you. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. another learning experience. So. Big cousin saying, you know, we're in a lobby, and I'm like, oh, Jimmy, this guy's offering me 
highest level, full prestige, everything unlocked. Nice. Yeah, he just needs my details and that. He's like, don't. I'm like, no, 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 but you'll sort it. Come on, I'm quite young at this point. He's like, no, don't. <laughs> so I messaged him uh, on another account. Uh, it's Conan. What are you doing? I was like, oh, my account's been still rinsed. I just took my shit, took my details and basically sent my message on my own account. You know, I can't remember what he'd done, but he'd sent me a message and just basically said, yeah. Yeah. That's your account, mate. See you later. Yeah. Game set match. Scumbags that did that, though, to be honest but with yeah, you. But yeah, here, it happened. And that, that's, I suppose that's what you get when you're a seer priority, was the prestige. Yeah. The, these were these hot lobbies where you go in. Yeah. And, and you like jump go, out. Yeah, yeah straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jump out. I mean, the guy, we, we met a guy in the end. Quickscope? Re- no, it was, um, was it Reflex? Reflex. Yeah, he was awesome. Honestly, right, got, I mean, to be fair, think about it, maybe he seems like, oh, I'm sure the guy was like a 30-year-old Geordie or something. Like, he just sounded like well old. <laughs> then he, he was right. Like, <laughs> I old, think he got everybody oh, right, But every, every single person we mentioned, like it was first start with me and Jamie. There was Jamie first, then me, and then Stuart, obviously. Mm-hmm. We, we were, again, we were all, <clears throat> excuse me, we were all pretty close. So the game was obviously one of our main avenues of being able to yeah even contact just yeah, yeah exactly that, that, that was it i suppose that again there was only you know using our wee headsets at the time to actually be able to speak you know and again it was just an avenue for it but yeah you got us all in and we all just had a laugh and it's a good time you know, so like so. when you can like when when you would come over yeah on a holiday or something yeah not even when you came back because we were playing called all the time it was almost like you know you spoke to them every day anyway yeah mm-hmm. so there was no difference so what age did you come across Taekwondo when you were in Spain? So to estimate about nine, nine or 10, give or take. So I was about uh, near or 10. Mm-hmm. So I can remember it wasn't long after I started. Um, the, as I said, one of the main reasons I started was obviously due to the bullying. Now I got bullied was that here. in Spain as well? Well, I got bullied here uh, for silly things, you know, just, just horrible people. Yeah. Area that just, Kids are cruel, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And I mean, they were really cruel, you know. And again, I was quite soft, so... I was soft, I was seven, you know, but I was mm. soft and I, I just, I wouldn't run away, but I would never be able to fight back. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was just, and I hated it. I hated the aspect of just not being able to just go out. And, so I was quite a, a reserved person, I'd say, mm. at that age. I'd rather just stay in, you know. Like, like introverted. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just one of the things, you know, uh, I don't say it affected me too much, but at the time it was just the way things were. So, but yeah, going over there, um, you wouldn't think it, but there was a lot. I think a lot of it was to do with me being foreign. Yeah, I was just about there to was, say that there was, was a lot. Yeah, my, I'm not even joking. There was a story. Uh, my first day in uh, in Spain uh, when we moved into the house, our house when we first moved out, the place where Jamie and uh, the rest of my family visited us was a uh, more of a temporary place we were staying for like a year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best place, but you need must because our house was still currently getting built when we moved out there. So when that eventually got built, we moved in. I swear to God, the first day we moved in, I seen all the other kids playing outside. Yeah, ages with me. So I was like, I'll go. And one of them happened to be English. Not a nice kid, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I went over and introduced myself. And yeah, then they all started, you know, just mm. usual hazing, kind of having a laugh. And I was all right, okay. And then I got hit first day there. And I can always remember going in and my dad's uncle, who I call uncle as well, Uncle Will, who's a very old school Glaswegian guy. Mm doesn't take any shit yeah i walked in bubbling beating you know face on me what's wrong with you i've been punched is it you're doing here get back out there and you know i can't you know that that was it and i got always so silly and small but i always remember that yeah being like a a very key moment to me going yeah why can't i 
You know, mm-hmm. why, why should I be hit and have to walk off? You know, and it sounds, again, it sounds small, but it was always a thing that uh, that I remember looking back and I'm going, no, I, I want to be the person that can kind of go, no. So, yeah, uh, and with all with, with all that kind of bullying and that, uh, the next thing that happened, I was about 10, um, my, I had a, I got alopecia. So my hair started falling out. I didn't know at the time what it was. I just remember I used to be quite into skateboarding as well. And I used to wear a beanie all the time. It was like 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. And one day I came out of school, took my beanie off, and was like full of hair. So I was just sitting there and kind of going, oh, well, 10 year old, you're like, oh, you know, how's. I remember my dad saying, it's just, it's the heat. But when I beanie, you know, that's fine. And I was just like, kind of months went on. I mean, we're talking in the space of three months, literally, I lost all my hair to the extent, you know, still had small parts of uh, hair, but the majority was gone. Uh, that was quite a daunting thing, you know, but training still pursued in between there, but that was all, uh, that was a coping mechanism for me, though, yeah, was man. the training. The training definitely pulled, all, pulled me away from all the, it was a, it, again, I got bullied at the time, but I was more concerned about my own health at this point, because I get, I didn't have a clue what it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the doctors be. couldn't figure it out either. Uh, you'd think it's quite a simple thing for them to understand, because I mean, I was getting blood tests, stool tests, you name it. But no, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So that was a concern in itself. And so it's bad with that actually became a bonding thing for me. My dog was, as a, as a, as a normal thing then, was when we'd go to the hospital, always me and him, we'd then go to all the wee tapas places in between and we'd sit in. That was my, my treat. Yeah, but that was, that was a good thing for me and him because he was always really, he was always really uh, involved, you know, in my training especially. So that kind of wee events are, are things that always stuck with me, you know. Really good. And that's yeah. a even as some of the adult going through that, that's a massive self conscious thing to go through, especially yeah. even though like you're saying you're ten years old, like yeah, you're not even like adolescence yet and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it took me a long, long time to. I'm I'm, I'm perfectly settled with it now because I mean I'm you know I'm 23. It's I don't think you look like right well, this is it, and everyone says the same. Anyone that's known me, um, that's even just known me from coming back and they didn't know me prior, would probably never know me with here. Yeah. Now. You know, and I mean, to be fair, I didn't really do much about it uh, until I was about 16. Uh, I never shaved my head part of that. I shaved it when I was about 11 or 12. It, it got really bad. I just looked horrendous. And, um, I just got fed up. So I remember asking my mum for some euros to go up to the, the hairdressers and asked them to just shave the whole lot off. And, and following that, the rest of my hair just fell out as a whole. So I had no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no arm hair, just anywhere. It was mm-hmm. all gone. And, um, again couldn't explain why it just got worse and then it, um obviously it's an autoimmune uh autoimmune disease mm-hmm. what alopecia is so again there was no explanation why and i've never obviously seen a reason as to why but my appetite started kind of be messed with um oh really it goes yeah, to like I, that I, I started well. fighting i i was struggling i you, you know you'd look back and I, i'd imagine even my mom if i asked her at the time would have probably just thought it's just a kid being a kid or not thought much of it but i look back now and i go Maybe it was a problem because there's a few photos of my mom's Facebook, and you can see literally the bones in my shoulders sticking through my dressing gown. Yeah. My eyes were all sunken in, and I, I just looked like I, I looked like terminally ill. Do you remember? I wasn't. Do you remember that photo of you with a cast on? Yeah, yeah. Remember how skinny you were? Well, I think you were. Well, that you was know? actually me starting to put weight on again. To be fair, was that, was, that was me starting to like get back into skating and mm. eating shit, I suppose. But you know, I'd be putting weight on and. That's yeah, that's how bad it was. I mean, you look at me there. I was skinny. Oh, I was dead skinny. But I, I, you know, I didn't do any like sort of heavy training at the time. And I got actually took a break from taekwondo and that kind of 
in our men. They're just but a lot else going on, you know, mm. and, and unfortunately the training then I should have kept it up because it would have been a better avenue to kind of concentrate. Oh, like a release. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Sometimes our body needs a break. Yeah, hundred percent. But all sorts of things come from everyone, you know, and a lot of influence, like, oh, maybe you should stop or I'll oh, keep going. And you know, in the end I kinda of just went, right, I'll stop. I'm gonna stop for a while. I'll get back to it. And that's what I've done, you know. So I did stop for a wee while and then I went back when I was I don't know, early twelve or so. Uh, tw- no, 13, sorry, because it wasn't long before I moved back here. <coughs> Excuse me. So, no worries, man. This is what editing is for. <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah, there we and go. Just the way you say, now your voice does not work. Yeah, I know. I was about to say, <laughs> right, the- perfect. <laughs> there we go. So, all right, sorry. Right, so 12, 13. I am. Um, Two two styles of Taekwondo, okay? So you get um, WTF, which is World Taekwondo Federation, and you get ITF, which is International Taekwondo Federation. At the time, I didn't know that. I just knew of WTF. That's when you see in the Olympics. On yeah. The TV, you know? mm. So it mainly bases off of kicking. Okay. Uh, so it's more focused around uh, from the sparring side of things, which you're fighting, obviously, it's more based around a uh, sport. It's more of a sporty aspect yeah. than... Um, and it's kind of progressed that way anyway. So uh, that's the style I was training at the time. And the way it worked in Spain, they're quite serious about their training. So I'm not saying they're not here, but there it was very serious. So even at that age, you started off in the general kind of school where you just kind of done a bit of everything, seen what you were good at. And they would then move uh, move you on to whatever side you you, you prospered at. You know? So whether it be sparring or patterns, you know, they kind of split you up on there. And providing you were interested and you were at that level, they would then put you in a competition team, which is essentially what it sounds like. You'd be training a lot harder and solely for the point of competition. I mean, even grading became a very minimal thing at the time. It was just like, no, just compete, you know. And that's where I started really enjoying Taekwondo because, I mean, we had all sorts of, um, we used to travel obviously a lot to compete. And one of the best memories I've got so far, you know, to date, um, and this is one of the cool things I suppose that comes along with uh, these kind of uh, activities that you can get involved in you know was at that level of competition we were competing where whatever we could you know on again at that age one of the things we've done was probably about 40 of us or so I think went on big team all on a coach and we went from the south of Spain up to the south of France the um. Marseille so I can't remember exactly how many hours it was, but it was a lot of hours on the bus. It was, like, it was a cool experience, though. You know, just there was no parents, really. It was just your coaches who essentially were like, were like parents yeah, themselves. Yeah, that kind of relationship with you. Yeah, yeah. You, you do become really, when you're at that kind of level, you do become really acquainted with your trainers and, you know, they become almost like a second kind of parent figure to you because, well, they are. They're, you know, anything that was going on, you know, you can still approach them about it. But yeah, as I said, they trained us really hard. And um, there was speculation in my, in my uh, doctor visits at the time, if you will, or hospital visits, that the stress of competing at that level was affecting my hair loss. And I can remember at the time sitting with my dad and just kind of saying, yeah, I'd rather compete than, yeah. than have a head of hair at this point. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> was, there ever, was there ever a sense of nerves going to compete when you first started? Just because was, was you still in like a time of where maybe you hadn't switched the mindset of like, I can fight back and all this yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my whole... 
I would say generally without without question, my whole um whole time doing uh, WTF Taekwondo, sorry. So that would have been basically my whole time training in Spain essentially. Uh not once did I compete and feel at ease as I do or as at ease as I do now. Um the nerves the nerves are always there. And I'll say I always say to a lot of the kids as well when they're when they're going to compete for the first time uh, with a competition, I'll say I'll say a wee couple months back or a month back, sorry. And a lot of them haven't competed before. And they're kind of getting closer to the, you know, you kind of got the day goes on and they're getting a bit nervous. And you're like, you nervous? Yeah, yeah. It's normal. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Honestly, you think worse if you're not nervous, to be honest with you. But yeah, at that point, I, I couldn't deal with it very well. Um, it, was, it was annoying because I used to train really hard and really well. I mean, always, if you see me training, you'd be like, kids throwing all these, like, all these spinning kicks. Yeah. And I was accurate. I was fast, strong, little skinny kid, but I was good. And but when it came to putting it into auction, I just couldn't. I had the same, the same in the aspect of uh, even in fights, you know, in unfortunate fights. I'd kind of been in at school, uh, having started high school. But at that point, I don't know how many times I got beat on just because, you know, I'd still at this point I'd give a better shot at defending myself, mm-hmm. but I only knew how to kick. And yeah. a lot of kids would just kind of cut in. Close the distance. And just get yeah. on top of you and do a, a typical school round fight and get on top of you and just pummel you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same as in the actual competitions and things. I didn't know how to deal with it properly, so I just kind of balled up and panicked, you know? And that was it. So, yeah, at the time, it was a, it was a big issue for me. It was even though I still haven't kind of gathered the whole grasp of actually knowing I could fight, you know, or I could um, defend myself to the extent I had to. So yeah, it took me a while to grasp that, you know. It's it's one thing that continues, I mean, it's probably a bit of naivety on yeah. my part, but it's one thing that continues to amaze, amaze me from having people that are involved in combat sports in, it's always the same story of, I get really nervous before fights. Like, yeah. And even when we had Aiden Steven on, like, you know, dude's literally on the verge of trying to get in the UFC and stuff like that. And even he's like saying before five seconds or five minutes before I'm mentally out of a fight, I'm like, I can't I do this? And it's like, it's not, scared of getting hurt because you kind no, of know what no, you're it's getting nothing, into. It's just the it's performance yeah. of like, you know, looking like a, a bad fighter or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So it is it's it's a really difficult thing. And I think any fighter at any level, any any martial art will probably have a, a an answer, maybe in a different format, but the same same end result. And I mean I've I've trained Wade and guy's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he's he's brilliant. I mean as a coach, brilliant. As a trading partner, awesome. And as a competitor or a fighter, you know, if you will, you're standing, you know, the guys, the guy is talented. Yeah, man. And that's it. You look at all these guys that are amazing at what they do, and you think, oh, they're just fearless. Yeah. Which yeah. they are, but the nerves are always still there. Yeah, yeah, you they're know? still human at the same but time. As, but as you mature as a fighter, I believe you, you do then become more acquainted to using them and actually, it. yeah, it's horrible. I mean, the feeling before, you actually feel like you're going to be sick. You know, I think it's different for everyone, but in some way or other, you, it's butterflies. You, know, you get really bad butterflies for your fight. I get, I get quite caught up in, in my own head before I fight. But I just keep my music on. That keeps everything flowing. Keep loose. You know, everyone's got their own coping mechanisms. That's one of mine. I like to just be mobile and get my head in. You know, I know what I've got to do. And then again, the the same goes as when you actually start to to fight the fight itself. Keeping that mentality of everything you've trained is difficult. I find myself a lot. If you get in your head a bit too much, which even I'd still do now, you actually you can hurt your performance slightly 
you, you feel more tired than usual. You feel really heavy. The mind's a powerful thing, isn't it? And it's it? a yeah. hard, it's a hard thing to escape. I think any any sort of person that's competed in any sort of combat sport will tell you the same. It's the same with anything, really. You know, any sort of any sort of sport. You know, you can do all the training, but when you go to put it in practice, it can be really hard sometimes to transfer exactly how you train. To me, you can, you can be outstanding in training. You, you're 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 stunned at a peak performance level, you know. And but then putting it in practice sometimes can be really difficult because it's it's different when your head's playing a lot more on you. So uh, you know you're you're in, like the setting. I'll just go for for a standard kind of setting of a you know a type one tournament if you will. You've got a a variety of marks, say between one to four, and there'll be different events going on in each mark. But you then got to stand the people watching you. You've got superior ranked coaches or instructors, if you will, um, or just even just other competitors watching you, gauging you, seeing where you're going. If you're just one of these people that's happy to just kind of go through the motions, or if you're there to seriously progress to a high level and you know really really run with it and see how far you can go. You know, you know, you do you do see the differences in. And that's fine. Everyone's got. Everyone does it for different reasons, and that's why obviously we're discussing as we are how it, how I kind of got into it. And yeah, I mean, for me, competition became a big thing. When you yeah. when you're competing, can you tell some if someone's doubting themselves on the other side? Hundred percent. Yeah. What, yeah. What what kind of tells would it take to body language mm-hmm. would be the biggest thing. Um, someone who's and again, I suppose that the flip side of that being me saying hundred percent, maybe some people disagree because. Someone can be giving you fake body language, I suppose, kind of put you in the mindset that you've got this 100% without doubt. But someone who's never really too sure of themselves, for me anyway, I would not engage by they're just not very mobile, they're very stagnant, static, and you can tell they're, they're kind of looking about or they're not looking about at all, they're kind of looking down. It's a horrible thing to say you're looking for that. I'm not looking for that and encouraging the whole thing of someone being in that mindset. But you can normally tell on the flip side, I like to kind of know when someone's not in the right frame of mind because not so much for who i'm competing against but who i'm competing with mm-hmm. i.e my team because if they're not in the right frame of mind i kind of, I kind of think you know especially if you've got some sort of experience uh competing anyway and you're maybe got someone who's a bit more novice to it you've got a responsibility almost to approach them and try help them yeah because it's an advantage, right? Especially, know it, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So more, more towards that aspect than as, as opposed to spotting someone who I'm going to fight that's not feeling up to it. That, that doesn't so much really bother me. It's more so I can spot, especially the young kids that are kind of getting into it. Some of these kids are quite young, you know. Mm-hmm. Talented, but it's very, again, very easy to get caught up in your own head, you know, especially when you've got all these people watching you. Some people are just made for it. They don't care, you know. They're happy with crowds. It doesn't bother them. But some people, yeah, there's different personalities. For the majority, there, yeah. crowds can be a problem, and you can get some pretty good crowds at these competitions. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're not used to it. You know, at training, and there's sometimes the parents come and watch, but it's, it's a small number compared to all these other people you don't know. And that's another thing I try to get across to people: like, but they don't know you. You know, they just go out, perform like you would, and learn from it. Yeah, man. You know, so yeah, oh, it's uh, it's certainly it's an advantage to be able to spot it, but more for more for being able to help your own teammates now. Do you think that do you think that's ever affected any of your performances in the past? Maybe yeah. early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean I definitely I said definitely hindered myself a few times. Mm. Even even at this past one, I got a good result. But um 
I think we'd just been so long out of practice. It was all really came back. In the deep end. <laughs> but it came back on the day at the minute, on the hour of doing it, you know, it didn't come back. That the fresh week feeling again. Mm. I mean, I only had four weeks training prior to that one. And then just one I, clean I, house. I, 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 want to say, I want to say that was two weeks of actually just training, getting back into things. Because that was the arrangement. Was, I spoke to, you know, um, Grandmaster Williamson, who was so kindly had me back. Didn't expect him to, because I'd had wee breaks in between prior, you know, between the ages of, coming back here so about 14 to 17 i kind of been on and off because i was trying to see where i was at in my, mm-hmm. my martial arts not a great thing to do bounce about places yeah were you looking for like gyms to see where yeah you it's not it's not yeah. and it's not even any of the gym's fault i just didn't know where i was at myself uh, i like to say any of the gyms i trained at were were very very good at what they do on very good coaches on um yeah, so as I said, I never ref- reflected negatively against any of them for my decisions of moving on to other places. And again, I had a lot of personal things that kind of incorporated to me um, not training as, as consistently as I'd like to, you know. But everyone goes through these personal things and it's different for everyone, I suppose. You know, I had a lot going on between that age, especially between 17 and now. I yeah. a lot. Life happens, though, man. Yeah, a lot of figuring out. And, it, and again, one of the biggest things I think it's for anyone Sure, anyone that trained from a young age can agree. See, when you start working, you've got bills, you've got a house, and that's a difficult thing mm. to still work your training in. But it's important to, yeah, because I stopped training for five years, and I mean stopped. I stopped. I wonder. I stopped going to the gym. I done a wee bit of body weight stuff at home, but see the toll that took on my mental health in that time was serious. It was. It was very, very serious. You know, and you can, you can, you can. Yeah, there was other aspects, but the outlet of having been at the gym, mm. whether it be in one way or another, because you get a lot of benefits from training. You know, one hundred percent. Even if it's not like martial art, even just like the gym yeah. itself. Yeah. Like I can speak from personal experience of like losing weight and shit like that. Yeah. I feel one hundred times better than what I did when I was fucking four hundred pounds. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, um, I suppose in a way, what was like the trigger of coming back to take one though? Then I mean, like, yeah. was it the work and like kind of growing up in life that just kind of stopped it to begin with or was there other things that were going on as well um yeah i mean there's there's some stuff happened about the the point where i stopped uh about 17 quite a few things had happened that i didn't expect to happen at that kind of age you know um long story and everything but anyway whatever you know these things had happened on i just remember being a bit lost at the time you know not really knowing where to go and again much like earlier in life when Malapisha got to quite a serious point, the last thing on my mind was training. Mm. So I just kind of bottled down and focused on the immediate things. So then, yeah, I think that became the primary problem. And then after that, it was like, right, I'm working. I was working at QuickFit at the time. I was earning an okay wage, but I wanted to enjoy myself more than, you know, I wanted to have nicer cars, all, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I wasn't afraid to do the work. The wage just wasn't there. So I took on a second job. Uh, I'd done door, you know, door security for a while. And uh, so again, you think about, you know, between 18 and about 21 or 22, I think it was. But whenever COVID kind of hit, that was when I kind of stopped because the work just wasn't there, obviously. Um, but I was doing practically most weekends, if not every weekend. You know, so I'd finish a quick fit at 6 o'clock on a Friday night. I'd then go start the doors for 9 o'clock mm-hmm. till closing time. Back, uh, quick fit the Saturday morning for another day shift, you know, up until so it'd be 
half eight Aye, it's almost like a 24 five kind of gig uh, and then back up to do the doors again and then we worked Sundays as well quite albeit it was lesser hours on a Sunday and then I took on a different role at work so I took on a more serious role of supervisor a lot more involved in it than you think you know it's uh, quite a quite an involved role so I was coping but it was a lot of focus yeah and I, but I, I liked it I liked the I liked I loved doing the doors I liked working the two jobs it gave me a good sense of uh Pride, you know, that I, I could go out there putting a shift and, and I was quite happy to do that, you know. Kept you busy and all that. 100%, 100%. But then after when COVID kind of hit and the, the shift started kind of bouncing back a bit and my, my badge is coming up for renewal because your badge has obviously got a, a certain amount of time before it has to be renewed. Aye. Um, and when that kind of came back around, I mean, I didn't feel like I hadn't lived. I feel like I kind of missed out on a few things. I mean, it sounds silly, but even just wee nights out with my mates yeah, and man. stuff like that. I'm not really a massive drinker, but... I like a good night out, you know, even just something in my cars as well. So even just going out in the cars, so I kind of noticed myself seeing friends and even just family doing things. And then at times I get asked, oh, so I want to do something. Oh, no, I'm working. I can't. Mm. And that, that, that could be, you know, whether it be doing the doors or whether it be, you know, I just kind of feel like I need to kind of find a better. You almost feel like you got institutionalized in the kind of working life. Yeah. Or... And again, for someone who enjoys working, it was quite annoying and daunting almost to sit back and go yeah but why why to this level you know why can't i just work yeah yeah not an average amount but you know a sensible amount make a living enjoy what i do but have a good social life as well and that's what i've that's where i put my focus on for that last while um i i, I was equipment for a good while you know i was there over four years you know and it was it was good i enjoyed it there um but i kind of got to a point where i wanted to progress a bit more so I moved jobs to another garage um, with, you know, much better expandability for myself, the expanding experience and training-wise, uh, just better jobs. And then along with that came, money was better as well, but more than anything, and I finished at half four. Yeah, so more spare work time. Monday to Friday, essentially. Okay, Saturdays are optional if the if the work's needed, but that brings me back to how I got back in Taekwondo was. I started on January. I think by April, when I'd passed my trial period there and I knew they were happy with me, I was happy with the job. And this was going to be a a new routine for me. I had more time to myself. And I was like, right, well, let's get let's get back on track, let's get back to training, let's start doing something with yourself. Cause having hobbies and that's nice. And I would say Taiwando is a hobby, but for me it's more Yeah, it's more serious. It's more serious than mm-hmm. that. It's a bit more of a passion and a you can you can you can get some really good sort of attainable goals, you know, that you have to put in some good hard work for in, in Taekwondo. But uh, it's different for everyone. I so say everyone takes it differently. Some people it's just training, it's just somewhere to be, you know. And for other people, it's it's a lifestyle, you know. And I I do believe it is a lifestyle, um, because there's a lot more to it than just going kicking and punching. You know? Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Remember when you were at Quick Fit? Yeah. Remember, I said to you, I was like, "Oh, you need to get back at the training because yeah, oh, I, I could see, I could see from him that there was just something missing from him. Mm. You know, like when I speak to him, yeah. obviously I know him better than most people. Yeah, and I could tell there was something missing from him. I was like, you "Need to get back in the training." Here. And then you were saying, "I would love to, but I just can't right yes. now." Just burnt out a lot. You know, that the first time that you'd actually kind of been able to think in that period of time when you started that new routine because there was that spare time in your hands to actually think. You know, I should get back into this rather I think than anyone who knows me close enough anyway would happily 
agree that when I took on this new job, my whole persona and mentality changed in a really good way. I was back to being more myself. I was back to being a bit more. I'm not saying my whole time there was miserable, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't as. Uh, I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be. You know. Sin City for you. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, I'd say definitely uh, starting that new starting that new job was a big step for me to to start kind of progressing and moving on yeah. in all aspects. You know. Uh, so I've watched through all your uh, your recent Taekwondo matches. Congratulations on the gold medals, Thank by you the way, much. and uh, previous competition as well. And you actually summed this up perfectly when we were having the conversation last night. If if I could describe your fighting style in one word, it would be aggressive. Yeah. and to overwhelm people like oh, yeah. that's what it's me as an outsider just looking in yeah um is that i suppose in a way i was going to ask if that was part of your personality but now that we've kind of went through your kind of early life and that, i yeah. suppose it's more is it that whole i can fight back kind of thing in the in your head when you I suppose um as i said there was a turning point for me uh which we were still winning in spain at the time but basically i i used to get teased a little bit by one of my mates at school mm-hmm. uh really really good guy i'm still mates with him now uh he's from england actually but he's, he stayed in spain much mm-hmm. like myself uh, a guy called Lewis on uh, kind of back and forth kind of banter being I mean, a lot of the guys in different martial arts will do it between themselves or different styles and he done ITF Taekwondo I done WTF so I do Taekwondo as well it's alright I do proper Taekwondo <laughs> so I was like what are you on about and then he explained to me his style of Taekwondo and I was like I've, I've never seen it so I, I didn't have any clue I was a bit shocked you know so he said, come along. And I was like, oh, no, no, they wouldn't have that. And he said, oh, come along. So I was like, right. So I went along to one of their sessions and, yeah, just fell in love straight away. Um, it was essentially the gym that I went to. Uh, it was a, it was a uh, gym called Jaji Khan. Uh, that was run by uh, a father and his son. Two very talented and, you know, very authentic um, practitioners like one of them. Um, the way they carried themselves and the way they carried the training was much similar to, it was quite a hard, hard pace, but they produced champions, you know. And it wasn't until I went in there, and now that style relies more on you wear less gear, that's the one you've seen me competing in, you wear just more mm-hmm. gloves, feet protection, head guards. Yeah, you got shin guards and that, but in WTF you've got to wear like a body protector, and as I said, it's more aimed at kicks, whereas in ITF you do have the ability to punch as well. Mm-hmm. Albeit it's just straight punches, or it's supposed to be you can hook, but it's got yeah. to be a certain variation, you know. You can bend the rules a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's rules set, but it, for the most part, it's straight punches. So when I first seen this style, it was almost a, I know it sounds silly because it's still like one of it was a progression for me mm-hmm. because I'd, I'd really grown a love for the, the martial art at this point. And to see this style, which ITF's got a really big, um, it's got a really big, focus on the roots of ITF as well. There's a lot of theory to, to ITF as a whole and the history of it that you have to know for your gradings and just general knowledge of practice. And so it's quite it's quite handy um, to know these things, but it's it's really nice to kind of see it as it's not just a place you go and kick and punch. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a place where I got a lot of life lessons, even in WTF, but I, I didn't notice it at all until, until I started ITF. And I only trained with this club, club for about six months before I moved back here. But what I learned in that six months about myself, where I could go, was, yeah, levels. You literally took Taekwondo to like the kind of next level in your mind, like yeah. oh, I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, because the the the, the sparring style to me 
um was just it was way more intense mm. during punch to the face but a lot more to defend them there's a lot more to it changes your fighting um dynamic altogether because you've got you've got yeah. to fight differently in uh, WTF, there was a very low-handed, leaning forward kind of yeah, kind of more dangerous because you're kind of presenting. Whereas in ITF, yeah. it was a much more kind of original hands kind of up. Guard, yeah. yeah, so it was a it was a much more um, as I said, to me, it looked more authentic than actual fighting. You know, and not so much of a sport. It was more authentic to fighting itself. A much more um, you can see the the roots of it was still very strong, and it is still now. Uh, you would be surprised that a lot of our sessions, some people maybe get bored with that, but this is where you need to appreciate the the roots of it. Our sessions start at the basics. On you know, Tuesdays mainly, we'll start with could we do patterns on that. On Tuesdays, Thursdays we do spawning, but on uh, our our lessons will start with the very basic things that you first learn when you start trying one. So we have an oath say at the start of our class, um, and then we carry out our um, our basically set. You know, things we first learned, so our first mm -hmm. movements. So, parallel stance, punch, sitting stance, punch. It's all compound, fundamental movement. Is that the stuff that like uh, competitors like showcase at like events and stuff so like that? And, and that's it, but in a more uh, in a more uh, experienced form, I suppose. Mm -hmm. A more yeah. So basically, what you're referring to would be the patterns, which mm -hmm. is where you cut out a set set amount of a set series of movements, um, that are designed to be as almost not simulation, but basically a breakdown of a of techniques in Taekwondo that are essentially it's it's using as a self defense mechanism, but it goes through different blocks, stances, punches, all that's to do with range, uh, range finding. Every pattern has a a specific meaning, and um, yeah, and as I said, as again, this is just shows you how compound and how deep uh, ITF actually goes. It's very authentic, and there's a lot more to it. You know, you, every so every pattern has a meaning. Um, you learn a lot of the Korean uh, meanings for the uh, the moves that you're carrying out. So yeah, but yeah, the 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 initial the fundamental movements we carry out, it just shows you how you know how how um what I'm looking for. It's kind of like how far the history, yeah, how far the history yeah, goes back. Because I mean, because Taekwondo started as a military, it was a military uh, martial art. You know, it was the Koreans they obviously used it as a, and it was. This is this is how our, our uh, grandmaster always explains it. Obviously, yeah, we use it as a, a martial art, a competition sort of thing. But it was used as a lethal self defense. Yeah. Um, that's what it was. It was it was lethal self defense for for the military for close hand combat. Obviously, if you look at a lot of the movements. Yeah, we perform them a certain way, but if we've had a few of the, the breakdowns of why and what these movements are used for, and then you understand how they're supposed to be lethal, or how they could be lethal, sorry. Because, I mean, you see a lot of the black belts when they get to a high level of breaking. For example, breaking is one of the aspects of competition. Well, they break, yeah, they break boards, but they also break bricks. Yeah. <laughs> bricks, you know. It takes a lot of skill to do that. Yeah, man. Obviously, a fair, fair amount of power as well, but if people see you breaking bricks, it's like, Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's normal. You know, you, you probably wouldn't know it if you seen the guy in the street that one of these guys are a grand master. You know, mm -hmm. you look at him and you go, oh, just you're running the mill person. But then little do you know that in his spare time, this man's breaking bricks and you punch holes through your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's amazing. You know, sounds like a Jedi or some shit. <laughs> uh, this is one of the things I do like about uh, Taekwondo as a whole. Uh, for my personal experience, anyway, I've never noticed to be a mm -hmm. lot. of 
there's not a lot of boisterous kind of activity there. You know, there's not a lot of you know, egos. To, yeah, there's not that's exactly that. There's not a lot of egos in it. It's more everyone's a lot more grounded and a lot more well-rounded. You know, and again, whereas the lessons that you learn through thing one, there's a lot of things you can use to your daily life. You know, and I'd say one of them, or sorry, a few of them, being you learn a lot about discipline. Um, that's, that's one very big, you know, thing you do learn is obviously do uh, aspects of discipline. Um, as a, as a person, you just you just begin to understand more what you're actually capable of, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, you've got five uh, five tenets of Taekwondo that obviously we are, we we train following them. And that's obviously what I've got thought to more there. So they essentially go courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self control, and a dominant spirit, and that's. It's powerful. Man. The reason they're there is exactly that. It's, it's it means a lot to me, and I actually got that when I wasn't training because I still applied. Them. Still took lessons from it, like outside yeah. of the. I still applied them values to my daily life, and I do even now. You know, it's because they they actually mean something to me. As a you, you used to read through them, and it's like oh, it's just one of them things that's part of training, but it's not. If you actually break it down and understand what they mean, you realize how much more there is into it. You know. Maybe a lot of really good people as well who through martial arts here. That's awesome because like obviously like I think with like fans and stuff like that, when they see combat sports athletes, they just think of like, oh, it must be awesome to be able to like knock someone out yeah. or like tap someone out or whatever it may be. Yeah. But it's awesome to see that, that it's been an overall great thing in your life in many more ways than yeah. just the actual ability to yeah. defend yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is this is why I always can I go to the the point of trying to explain every martial arts equally great in its own way. But it's all care for each person. Everyone's different, you know. Okay, you get mixed martial arts, uh, but everyone still has a, a foundation of where they started. You ask any competitor that competes in mar- uh, mixed martial arts, more than anything, you'll see it. They have probably, not probably, they've definitely started somewhere that got them into this whole idea of, right, I want to go to the next level, mm-hmm. you know, because let's be honest, mixed martial arts is yeah, everything. It's, you it's, know. It's the new kind of wave as well, right? Yeah. It's kind of taking yeah. over boxing as the main combat 100%, sport. 100%. I mean, obviously, boxing is never going to lose. It's, it, it, it is the authentic, you know, it's it's the yeah, hard combat. Yeah. It is the, the authentic kind of, you know, if you want to say martial art, I suppose, uh, or combat sport, sorry. But it is the authentic way of, of, uh, of hard combat. You know, that's where it all started, let's be honest, Hans, you know. But, yeah, I think I, I, I think MMA, for example, is a very, a very cool you know, development of martial arts mm-hmm. because it's it allows so many different people from different practices and backgrounds to kind of come and try their try their ability. At, well, let's be honest, the the highest competition level you can really go to in, in martial arts. And it was cool to see like the ground level stuff. Like even like if you look back at stuff like UFC one, when you've got like yeah. guys with like a boxing glove yeah. and like guys trying to like handle pick people and that. Whereas now it does seem like people are coming in and the skill yeah. sets rounded yeah, like think, everyone's good at everything yeah i definitely agree when it's when it first started it was literally just people from styles fighting against each other and trying their style mm. against them whereas now it is people who have maybe started with a style but then adopted everything else everything else it, to, yeah. to mm-hmm. be the best you can you know so yeah it's certainly it's certainly a you know a great thing to see yeah so as i said Obviously, when I got back to trainer, I did do elements of when I was when I was younger. As I said, that kind of period where I was trialing different martial arts, I did dabble a little bit. I kind of landed myself in a little bit of boxing. Just mm-hmm. the option, the opportunity came up. Sorry, so I tried it out, loved it, but I kind of wanted to kick as well, obviously. So from that, I believe I got a little bit of a taste of Muay Thai, which 
by far is one of my favorite martial arts it's just it's brilliant you know it involves so many different movements that and it's a very it's a very you know brutal kind of yeah 100 you know, martial art <laughs> but it's but it's brilliant you know mm-hmm. it's, and I, I love you know i love uh training in it uh but yeah as i said when i first looked back uh coming back to training um i did want to go back in at white eye but then i thought about it and there is gyms around here that do it but i kind of thought you know what let's let's just go back to the foundations where it all started and just run with it you know mm-hmm. not saying never because you know the, the opportunity might come up and i might i might be really keen on the idea of getting involved but i want to for the time being especially for the next while i want to be kind of just focused on what i do and keep going with taekwondo as i am yeah man you know do you, do you keep up with like combat sports as a fan as well at the same time as a competitor um, not as much as i probably should because i do really enjoy them mm-hmm. um i just to be honest with you, i'm just sometimes i just forget yeah so i'm much more of a see the highlights watch yeah, it yeah because they're on late as well yeah right? but yeah. i do i do really enjoy it um like on the on the opportunities that I get where I kind of remember sounds funny but one of the nights out uh, we had recently me and my mates were down in Glasgow mm-hmm. and uh, while we were down there we just remembered the UFC was on so we'd be out on, you know out on a night out nightclubs all that kind of stuff see in the morning we're back and then got to the UFC and kind of sort of watched it and again yeah I was I was absolutely my element because even if it's not your predominantly your style you're watching yeah yeah as a competitor I would say I much enjoy I, I do really enjoy watching even other martial arts competing. You know, it's 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 just I suppose it's embedded in you when you when you do compete, you tend to have a much better understanding of well, just how everyone you know is kind of probably feeling at that time mm-hmm. or how they're how they're kinda you know, how they're in that situation and you just get to kind of see it all fold out. And it's it's nice to see so many different levels of competition kind of going up against each other and it's just it can be great, you know. Some fights are more entertaining than others. Mm-hmm. You know, some people prefer to see the grappling. Some people prefer to see the stand up. But that's why the competition is so yeah vast. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like fucking hell, man, you have gotta be a wild to be to yeah. get anywhere near that. Yeah, there's a lot of elements to it. As you said, so rounded. Like everybody's good at everything, isn't it? Yeah. So do you, do you have any favorite fighters? I tend, I, do you tend to like uh, lean towards like strikers and that? Obviously, because it's like your yeah. base. Yeah, if we're, if, we're, if we're referring to UFC for a, for a, just a, I suppose an immediate uh, one that everyone I suppose can kind of generalise with if they're you know familiar with not everyone's cup of tea and probably a bit of a heated debate but I'll always have a love for John Jones yeah. oh man love the guy so good as a fighter as a fighter brilliant outside Maybe not as so a, good as, as a, yeah as I say as a fighter honestly he was obviously again I'd done a little bit of MMA uh, when I was about 16 uh, loved it Grappling wasn't so much for me I have a massive appreciation for you know jujitsu and wrestling as as, uh, as far as grappling goes because it's a it's a serious talent. Mm-hmm. A lot of people maybe look and go, oh, they're just wrestling. Yeah, that's about. like one of the kind of casual things. Is like, why the hug got the floor? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You don't understand until you've even tried j- just jujitsu for that example. Even like wrestling, I remember my first thing with wrestling being I didn't realize how much movement goes into mm-hmm. actually trying to perform like a single leg takedown. You know, I'm looking at it going, oh, I would just like lean down. No, there's there's multiple steps yeah, before man. you actually get into the, the movement itself. Um, jiu-jitsu, the effort and stamina that is required to roll for an extended period of time. And again, I didn't do it for long. And that, uh, that was enough for me to kind of understand that it's a serious talent. So anyone that I see that's not only, you know, practicing jiu-jitsu, but actually, uh, you know, they've got to a high level, 
massive amount of respect because mm-hmm. he's a serious, serious talent. And I, I, it annoys me. This is where I'm coming from. It's not my cup of tea. But it annoys me when people kind of down it because it's, yeah. cause it's just rolling about. Mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's, it's, a, a, it's a serious yeah. martial art. And it's. I'd like to see anyone that, you know, that disagrees with that try out and hold their own because yeah. no matter how strong you think you are you're going to drown <laughs> yeah I mean honestly some of the guys that I rolled with uh, you know up at, uh, at the time it was yeah, Jiu Jitsu Misfits SBG money yeah. Now, yeah honestly amazing and the yeah. guys would just bombard you you know they'd just be all over you mm-hmm. like you're like I feel like oh, I've got a grab of this but you don't know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, you, you know and uh, awesome and again I, I actually quite respect the idea that I think that's more inviting for some people because you're not getting punched in the head and yeah, things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So as far as self-defense goes as well, uh, I'm not going to generalize and say more for women or things like that, but just for anybody that maybe doesn't like the idea of getting hit, mm-hmm. I think that's quite a nice one for them to kind of look at and go, well, I can I can do that and try that and see if they can get proficient in it. And that's what gives them a good bit, of, good bit of confidence, you know. And that's what jiu-jitsu is based around, isn't it? The, yeah. the smaller guy being able to beat the bigger guy yeah. with technique and stuff like and that. And it is exactly that. You'd be surprised. You know, the... That's why I always kind of got the thing of, yeah, I like lifting weights and all that, but being really, really big doesn't essentially mean no, you're going to be strong nor nor capable in a, in a defense situation, you know, so. Yeah, man, and we've got the likes of like Kevin McAloon and that absolutely killing it up there at the yep. gym, Aiden as well, and, yep. and so on and so forth. But um, so honestly, like, see when you combo stuff together, like I was watching this and it's like watching someone play a video game. I was saying to him last <laughs> night. You were saying that like, to me yesterday. It's, it's no. like from transitioning to like head kicks to spinning back kicks, all in like one movement. Is movement like something you're obsessed with? Because it's, it's something you've mentioned multiple times as we've been talking yeah. just obsessed now. But like, hard, me just kind of looking at it like last night, like, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, again, it's not one of these trying to be humble things. But I watch my fights back a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's not an ego thing. It's a learning. To get. The main reason I like being videoed is to is to watch it back and see where I where I where I locked. You're I looking for mistakes rather than what yeah. you did well. Yeah, and I, like I I gave myself a lot of stick in this last competition because I felt I didn't feel the best when I'd done it. I knew I'd won, but I didn't feel great about the the way I carried myself because I didn't mm-hmm. put out the plan. It happens. I didn't put out the plan exactly how I wanted to. And that sometimes it because it's it's a it's a game I suppose in a way you know there's a game of chess there's a lot of you make the correct movements at the right time and you know and I just didn't do that to my what the ability that I know I could as well as I wanted to so that kind of annoyed me a little bit and as a fighter like anyone will agree as well you you're quite critical of yourself more than anyone will ever be and that's again a really difficult thing to kind of come away from but I uh, I am critical of myself and I know that but I see that as a benefit for me because it allows me to progress on putting the extra work to actually better myself. So was I angry with the result? No, but just some of the aspects of the performance could have been better. Mm. But that's why we have these that's why we have these tournaments and things to, to actually go and carry out your training and then you see what you're doing wrong. Like again, you know, if anyone watched the block, they'll maybe say, oh but you were you were striking plenty, this, that, the other. My range could be better, you know, uh I was panicking a little bit. So there was multiple techniques that the, the opponent threw at me. I uh, don't know if you can see me in the video, but he was on a lesser belt than me. Mm. So by lesser, I don't mean lesser as in less able. I just mean he was yeah. a lower belt than me. Mm-hmm. To which it, just, it was just a lack of bodies, weight class. And so they'd rather make you with Aye, the correct weight. Kind of build yeah, yeah, as opposed to 
being so caught up on the belt, as I understood this time before, it used to be a much more, you know, because there was more numbers. When I was like 17, I I fought at minus 75 kilos. Mm -hmm. Um, There was plenty of people in my division. You're always guaranteed at least two or three fights, you know, which is fine on the day. You know, that's good. It's fine. Two or three matches. They're not very long, but they're, this is what everyone forgets. They might, you know, oh, you're only on for two minutes or whatever, but it's two minutes. Yeah, of intensity. At pace. Yeah. It's not, uh-huh. two, nobody, as you get more experience, you'll kind of gauge people better. But when you get to a black belt, like, you're normally doing more than one round as well. Yeah. So you know, for the first round, a lot of it gauge of what the other person's going to do. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, watching it back, I still carried out a lot of the combinations because you've got things like compulsory techniques, you've got to carry out, which is the spinning kicks. Everyone loves to see, you know. And I always got a lot of uh, praise for being very favorable of spinning techniques, mm. you know. Uh, and again, I I always liked that I had other styles as training because it allowed me to adapt my adapt it into my Taekwondo training. So a lot of the punching, for example, I have more of an understanding, I suppose, of the fundamentals of punching. Whereas some people might be more the punch from here, they don't really put their shoulders yeah, into it. No, just because that's it, yeah. the, the basis of when you start punching the Taekwondo, you kind of come from your waist, yeah. you measure up, and then mm. but that's the traditional way of doing it as you would do it in partners, etc. But then people sometimes transfer it in mild segments into sparring, which doesn't work, obviously, especially when you get to a high level because people are training in a very different aspect for sparring than they are for you know the more traditional... Uh, movements of patterns. Is that where like the experiment with boxing definitely kind of 100%. gave you a bit of an advantage with that? I mean, the boxing helped. I mean, I only done it for a certain amount of time because I was doing it with the guys in the comp, uh, mm-hmm. one of my mum's friends, and basically managed to get me into it. I was only about 15, 14 at the time, but oh, I remember. they had, yeah, it was Timmy, and uh, but I think he'd got put on our post and things like that. So there was no one there for me to really go and do it with. So, but it was a good experience for me to then kind of go, that's what made me want to do more like Muay Thai MMA because I went, oh, I like the, I like the more full on, because like one does, it's not full conduct, you know, it's not supposed to be, but more controlled, more based off a point score and yeah. the knockouts, you know, which everyone, that's where people kind of frown and go, oh, but trust me, watch some of the high level ITF matches. There's some yeah. serious talent there. I mean, I appreciate the, the comments about mine and I, I'm not saying I'm not good because I, I know I've got some sort of talent I must have to be you know mm. to be where I'm at already and I've got so much more to, to progress into but I look up to a lot of people um, in ITF as a you know instructors as well a lot of my instructors are, are very very you know very good Um, you know they, they also compete and you know these guys are sparring at a really serious level you can see the <clears throat> the breakdown of how everything kind of breaks out again you know some of the some of the fights can be more brawly you know a bit more messy you know but it's the technical mm. again as you're saying i'm a, I'm a much more aggressive spotter uh this time i tried to work on more of my ring craft so you'll notice i was moving around a lot that was more because i try to explain to the kids as well you don't want to be moving in a back and forth motion because the more you get moved back you press it on the edge of the ring if you get put out of the ring, you you start basically getting penalised for doing that. Yeah. Because you've got to obviously know your area. Part. And that's one thing that I've probably never really taken into account. Yeah. Take one though, is it is a very quite a compact, compressed kind of area you're having to work in. Yeah. How, how do you train for making sure that you don't forget about that just because you are in like a fight? At the yeah, same? I mean, I, I think obviously it's different for different, you know, different aspects of Take one but it's, it's, we're just referring to sparring to keep it, keep it obviously simple in general. Um. <sighs> It's a basis that's covered quite a lot is when we're doing drills, 
we try to do it in a sparring setting, even if we're not physically fighting at the time, but we'll be hitting our own gloves, you know, but we keep them in a close range to the mm-hmm. head to simulate <clears throat> to simulate as close as possible to be in a real combat situation, Aye. obviously. So the idea being is realism is you don't want to keep moving back in a straight line because mm-hmm. that stops eventually. Yeah. So you can move around someone. And you'll notice some of my earlier fights as well. I wasn't so much for moving around. I would rather just kind of stand there. And, mm-hmm. But again, this is the difference of maturing slightly and realizing, okay, I don't want it to be as scrappy. I want it to be more technical, technical in and out, score clean points, get out of the way. The best way to not have a point scored on you is to not be there in the first mm-hmm. place. You know, Hit and not be hit, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's definitely not just from a defense aspect, but from a ring craft aspect, I wanted to work on that more and I did. So I was happy with that. Uh, I still kept a, a much, I try to be more relaxed, you know, keep my hands more fluid. Everyone kind of gets a bit, you know, a bit debatable about your hands being low. Mm. A lot of people are very good with it though. Cause it can lure someone in and they can be quick enough to catch them. Some people it doesn't work. Some people it does. I kind of have a mix of both. I never keep my hands right down, but I never keep them like, too tight. They're, Mexican they're kind of about, yeah, boxing, yeah. Just because you're boxing, different. It's different. Yeah. Okay, there's people like Roy Jones Jr., you know. Oh, fantastic player. They, they carry the very, again, a style that created a lot of debate. But it worked. Yeah, he was, <laughs> you know, you know he was like beating James Tony at heavyweight and stuff like that. You, yeah, watch, you, watch, you watch the man fight and you can't deny what works, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, again, you can't stick everyone in the same brush of style because, well, where would be the fun with that? You know, everyone's got to have their own style in some way. Um, but yeah, there's cer- certainly a, a few names in, in the ITF kind of world that you know are, are memorable names that you see them compete and you just think, wow, like that's that's the level you want to be at. You know, when you think of it more technically, do you think yeah. that's also in relation to you maturing as obviously you're a man as compared to a teenager when you left, yeah. but maturing as a fighter also? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I won't lie. When I was younger, um, when I got to that point of realizing, right, okay, I can fight and I love this, um, I'd go out with my sparring matches and. Be honest with you, I was just I was in my element, albeit on the mm. nerves and all that. I just wanted to get as much hits. Yeah, yeah. I just just really get stuck in as as I could. But then the more I looked at more advanced fighters, I realized that they're not just standing, no, yeah, scrapping for two minutes. They're actually in and out. They're moving more. They're picking their shots better. Their distance better. Like, why punch when you can kick? Yeah, meaning if I kick you. You're going to be a lot further away from yeah, the distance punch is you. different. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 normally if you see some of like my matches, probably the majority of them, I'm normally a bit stockier, but also a lot shorter than the people I compete against. But that's again, I try to keep the range, and I normally just cut in and just kind of close the range down because that's where mm-hmm. I suppose not compare myself to Mike Tyson, but if you notice the way he obviously spot. Yeah, that's that he was same a much smaller kind of, person. Yeah, getting inside aspects, and having to use... But yeah, it's, instead of letting the reach kind of get on top of him, he was cutting. It might so, be taller than you, but it doesn't stop your feet landing on their well, dome. This yeah. is it. This is it. I mean, I, I, I had a few, you know, I'll not get into too many names or that, but there was a, a guy I sparred in a kickboxing uh, setting who... He's a local. Uh, he was local. Uh, uh, quite a tall person. Six three or so, I believe. You know, so pretty tall. Mm. I caught him numerous times with spinning, spinning kicks to the head. You know, so uh, yeah. Regardless of height and that, with the right technique and right distance and timing, you can still you, know, you can still fit these things in. But yeah, I'd say my style has been adapted to the fact that I'm normally shorter, hence I normally kind of 
not bulldogging, but trying, you know, get yeah, stuck. Yeah, you do. In. You have to, because if you yeah. stay on the outside, it's to your death. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I think when I get to the, the, the goal is to get to the higher level of national team uh, side of things. So getting on the Scotland team is a big, big, big thing for me. That's one of my goals that I'm trying to accomplish in the next, within the next year to hopefully get to the next Europeans, which are, I believe, April time next year in Rimini in Italy. So that's that's one of my goals that yeah. I've got set is to progress to that because the level that you can get out there is it's not yeah. easy. national competition. I'm not saying it's easy, but compared to international competition, and I, again, I'm not saying this from experience. I'm just saying it from what I've seen. It's yeah, it's like you, you relish challenges. Yeah, you can't. If you were just to dominate something over and over again, would you have to push yourself to a higher level? You couldn't just... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, again, different for everyone, but with me having a very competition-based mindset, uh, I'm not exactly competing if I'm continuously just yeah just going through the motions. I always have to be better than myself in some way or the other. So as far as competition goes, I always want to find the, the next level. And I mean, again, that doesn't mean, to me, one of the highest levels you can be bar grade side of things you know, from competition aspect would be progressing to for me, Scotland team as a black belt and competing at Europeans worlds. That's high level. That's let's be honest, that's 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 practically not as high as it gets, but that mm. is pretty high in, in terms of competing. because uh, you're competing against people from all over the world. Yeah. And that's where you really get a challenge because, you know, I mean, the countries that dominate you know, these Europeans, not, not say Scotland, England don't have good results because they do, but countries that dominate are Russia, yeah, Ukraine, um, you know, Czech. It's Poland. the Eastern European countries. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're just... They dominate quite often, eh? But the, the training is, kind of like I said, the training's really different. I suppose probably from a young age as well, a lot of them train very very hard mm. you know uh and you can see that in the way they spar you know they're they're technical but a lot of, a lot of heart a lot of grit you know and a lot of their things seems to because it, it translates to boxing as well you see the likes of like guys like vasily lomachenko and mm -hmm. alexander rusik and that apparently like ukrainian um or eastern european dancing's involved in that for the movement and mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah. i'd imagine it would probably translate well over multiple kind of combat sports yeah. and the striking element at least I mean, anyway again i suppose it's not not trying to take a very general view of it but as well there's the aspect of your surroundings shape you as well you know so you think of russia is a very yeah. old harsh tough, place tough place so you you, you, know, you got to be tough in an aspect at least i've met very few russians that haven't been you know yeah just just tough people you know so but i tell you what like from the few i have met lovely you know mm. lovely people until you're you know then that's sparring then it's, then it's game on and again I've never sparred against any Russians but I, I do hope to spar against not even just Russians just anybody outside of the UK that can give me a totally different mm. pace to what I've had before because well that's that's the goal is to is to learn and progress so yeah I suppose a lot of people wouldn't understand that in a way because with putting yourself against higher competition you're putting yourself more at risk of losing right? higher risk lot. yeah and people would be like well, I, I want to win. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like you said, it's all about learning yeah. and that. Then I mean, there's no progress. You don't progress then. You know no, I mean? no, this is it. I mean, we, we have a constant debate, uh, not debate, so we have a constant uh, conversation and training regarding some of the people that have competed uh, at the European level. And they'll constantly like to highlight the, the difference in the competition that you're going to see, i.e. it's just a totally different level. 
uh, yeah, something I definitely want to know. And obviously, I, I do have a very good understanding of that. But I also see in front of me another man mm. that, you know, two arms, two ways. Lives, yeah. You've always, bleeds, you've always said that. And I, I, that to be, uh, yeah, exactly as Jamie said. Regardless of my ability to, to defend myself, I've always tried to have that mindset of, well, what's he got that I don't? Mm. And it wasn't until I progressed more in my, my uh, and that's it at the end of the day, it's who wants it more. You know, yeah, you can be, obviously, it's, talent has to come into it. You have to have good training, good skill. But uh, I always kind of dull myself that I'll, I'll, I'll give it my absolute best. And even if the result isn't the one I want, you know, I've never lost since I won them. I was in ITF since I started yeah. ITF. I, I, I compared being competing at the level I obviously I am. I haven't lost, but that doesn't mean I don't welcome the loss because it will it will happen eventually. Yeah. It has to, you know. It's it's one of the things that will come. And I, I'm not going to say it would be the Europeans, but if it's going to be anywhere, I would like to think it's going to be at that level because that'd be my that, that's where the step mm-hmm. up is going to be serious. And and I, I do welcome it because win lose draw. All of it's so a learning experience. experience. And it's funny that you mentioned Roy Jones earlier because I was actually watching a round table with, with him and he got like robbed at the Olympics or something mm-hmm. um, on point. I, I mean, boxing is quite a corrupt sport at a professional level as we all know, mm-hmm. but he was talking about because he was undefeated defeated for ages before that. Yeah. And he was like, I was so scared of losing that zero. And he's like, when I did, that's when I became free and that's when I developed this whole new style and won the world championship. Like, I don't think that would have happened had I just been like, oh, I just need that. Because yeah. it's almost. In a way, like, because everyone loses in life at something, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to just be a professional, it can be outside and almost being scared of losing in general or anything is almost like an insecurity within itself. hundred percent, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you work really hard to maintain that level and not, I didn't want to say the, the streak's the big thing, because I don't think it really is, but having known that you've done so well as to compete at a level where you haven't actually lost yet, so it's, it's an achievement, it's something mm-hmm. to be proud of, but it can also... Kind of, I suppose it can come against you because if you're so fearful of losing, and I, I believe that is one of the things that, albeit I tell myself it doesn't bother me, I think subconsciously somewhere deep in my head there is that, just as a human nature, no yeah. one wants to lose. No one wants to lose. You know, no matter, I say I welcome it, it doesn't mean I, I want it. Yeah. It just means I, I know that you it, it can't, it, yeah, yeah and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not going to let it ruin me. It's almost like, you know, like, Messi's only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. and then you put them in different things. Mm-hmm. It's, similar, it's, similar. it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same yeah. thing. Sure. I mean, someone that's close to you, you've always been extremely focused, like extremely focused. And you would master bad for an hour, and he would video himself all the time. And then he would watch a video, and then he'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no that was wrong." And he'd do it again, and he'd be like, "Oh, okay, a little bit better." And he would just keep going, and he'd mm-hmm. do it for hours. With his music in his ears, he'd send me videos. What do you think of this? Yeah, and I'd be like, yeah, that bug's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. You know, as I said, biggest critique, biggest critique of my own is, is myself. You know, um, but yeah, it's um, it's a healthy way to be that though. Yeah, as long as you don't go over the top with it. And yeah, you know, of course, some of course. people can beat themselves. Like I, I've, I've now, I've now got to a point where I came back to my training now. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not as focused. I'm more relaxed at the moment because I know I'm not, I know I'm not competing again yeah. until November time. Mm. That is the UK Championships. That's a much I should, I, bigger step up from uh, from the Scottish. So in, in the UKTA, which is the association that I'm in for ITF Taekwondo, um, essentially 
our year, I believe, starts with the English. I believe it goes English, Scottish, London, Welsh, UK. And that's the kind of breakdown mm-hmm. of how they kind of go through. Uh, London and uh, UK are both in Guildford. Guildford, okay. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a nice stretch away. I've competed there twice, which was the London Open I've done in 2015, I believe, on the UK Open I've done the same year. And the, the setting is just, yeah. Yeah. I, I much more uh, welcome that setting because the numbers are more serious. You know? do you, do you, now that you're in this kind of place of being comfortable competing, do you enjoy the bigger kind of environments rather than the more kind of... It's not even the crowds that I enjoy more. It's the more... Abil- it's the it's the, the higher chance of different competition. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I really enjoy and that's what gets me excited. I actually got quite, quite worried that it's Scottish because I never competed as an adult and then people were thinking... Oh, so you were worried about, you know, because you're as an adult, you're basically competing against anyone from 18 to 35. Yeah. And between 18 and 35, okay, the younger person can maybe have more stamina from someone who's 34. But the maturity and experience that that person can have yeah, man. can be a lot. But I like to think, even at the age I'm at, unfortunately, not so much to just my competition side of things, just fighting in general, plenty of it uh, has matured me in the sense of I don't fear fighting in any aspect because if something has to happen, it has to happen. I don't, mm. I don't fear that, which I don't see as a bad thing uh, because I don't just mean I'll fight any person. Yeah. What I mean is <clears throat> if any person puts me in a position to have to fight, then you're willing to accept that. You're yeah. Not just but I've also got the ability to stand back and look at it in a, a non- uh, What's the word you look for? So, a, a diplomatic kind of way. Yeah, but it also not an overwhelming. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm oh, not, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if someone's, someone basically confronts me, I like to think with the experience and the ability that I've got and the experience that I've had. You're going to remain just calm in, combat, in that situation. Exactly that. I can maintain a very good level of just calmness. Mm-hmm. and see that as a de-escalating me- uh, mechanism more than anything. That, that, yeah. that, that, that can win a fight more than any, any punch you can throw because... Yeah. I don't, and again, winning a fight isn't just knocking someone out. The fight could be get just avoiding the fight altogether. Yeah, which I would much rather do because let's be honest, the legal repercussions. The, and again, you know, one wrong hit on someone yeah, can do some can serious damage. You know, and I think that's is a lesson that a lot of people that get in fights at pubs and settings like that could probably definitely benefit yeah. from learning from. You know, yeah, well, probably probably hurt a few people's feelings here, but well, I'm not quite bored. <laughs> The average person you get that goes out on nights out, your average, you know, 18 to, let's say, 30 year old, mm-hmm. just as a general kind of, plenty of them, will say. I would agree with that. They all, you know, they all portray themselves a certain way. You know, the ones I'm on about, you know, it's just yeah. the people that carry themselves like they're 10 men, mm-hmm. haven't had an actual no. competitive fight in their life. Going out and having a wee brawl outside some of the pubs in Lossie or whatever doesn't make you a fighter. No. It's an insecurity that, yeah. isn't it? And I see the people that actually, I know, I know of a few people in Rossi particularly that I've had run-ins with merely because of their attitude, which is surely based off of small, small town syndrome and people bigging them up to be hard. Yeah. Know? Because they've had a few street fights that they've won. Well, anyone can get pissed out of their head and go brawl with someone. Mm. Especially when I've, I've known someone close to us who they've done it in numbers with. What does it make you? You know, a fighter? Me, that makes you a scumbag. Yeah, makes, makes you a, a coward. Thug. Yeah. So, 
yeah, as far as that kind of people go, I love it when they're uh, they think they go and punching someone is really smart, you know, on a night out, especially when they get to a point where you know between the coke and the drink and all that, where mm. they believe they can start on any person. But you don't have a clue, as I said. Someone can carry themselves really aggressively and all that and be a fighter. Someone can carry themselves as calm as anything. And be a fighter. And be a fighter. And little do you know that that calm person is probably a very skilled fighter of that. If, if you see Jockey Chan in the bar, <laughs> yeah. he didn't know yeah. he was Jockey Chan, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's just like this, like Jockey Chan's getting old now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he's in having a drink and you fuck that guy off. He's going to kill you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and yeah. the last thing you would expect from him is that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So something I've always been a... Always be aware of that. Yeah. Proper, proper, decent level fighters don't call themselves that way. No. Street brawlers call themselves that way. that way. They're not fighters. It's an ego thing. Yeah, no, it is. And it's yeah. like an insecurity, right? It's, that, the, yeah. it's usually the drinking that, that brings yeah. it out of these people. Like, Jamie will tell you, I mean, even before I could drink, I, I was a fan of going out, clear my head, and mm-hmm. walking around Lossie. But music in, where it'd be a quick jog, a walk. The amount of times that I got jumped by people out in the pubs mm. that were a lot older than me. Yeah. And I held my own, give it a, you know, but what if it was someone else? Yeah, exactly. I was, what, 14, 15 or some of these times? Mm. And these men that were, I mean, they were older than Jamie by a stretch. You know, these were men that were probably yeah. early 20s. One person can really hurt someone, let alone numerous. Yeah. So in situations like that, 100%, I'm glad that I know the stuff I do. But even people, not everyone's wired that way. You know, some you know it might have been better for me to run away, but this comes to another aspect of it. I can't run away. Mm. I don't mean that as in I just oh, physically can't yeah, run away. Not, yeah. No, no, I physically cannot run away. I'm a smart egg. Mm-hmm. If I run, <laughs> yeah, I then run the risk of having an asthma attack, being attacked. And if I'm having an asthma attack and someone attacks me on top of that, yeah, yes, yeah. that's game over. So we'd rather stand there and potentially take a few. A few shots and I have to give a few, yeah. But aye, uh, as far as, as far as people with that mentality go, I don't don't stand by it at all, you know. And it's it's, it's strange why people try to glorify that type of behavior. Sometimes that's terrible. Like when yeah. we when we had Aiden on, um, uh, the guy we that uh, a friendly, I should say, not the guy, <laughs> a friendly yeah. that also helps out with the podcast. Um, he had showed me something a few weeks beforehand of Aiden coming on, and uh, someone had put something up on Instagram. It was called Murray Fights. It was like obviously a group of teenagers at one of these schools. And it was like people, like in these situations of gangs of people attacking one yep. person and yeah, kind of like making, but as soon as Aiden and Kevin that had seen this and they commented, it, those things had disappeared because obviously they knew at that point, like, oh my God, actually, this is someone that, you know. This like, is someone that's going to break my job. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, when I was in high school, um, you know, <laughs> ask different people, they probably have a lot of different opinions on me. Not that I could care less, because if you know me well enough, you know where it came from and why certain things had to happen. Mm. Or, sorry, why certain things did happen. Happen, yeah. <clears throat> and probably didn't have to, but unfortunately did, you know. So for me, when I was in high school, there was a few fights, right? Anyone that was in high school can say the yeah. same. <clears throat> unfortunately for me, a lot of them I was involved in. So I didn't have a great reputation then, but I don't. I didn't do the things I've done to have a reputation or done the things I've done to just get on with yeah with my life, you know. And Jesus, I mean, I thought when I when I moved back here that people were going to be a bit more understanding of, you know, okay, he's got a lipisha, he can't help it. Ah, polar opposite. Mm. 
kids are just cruel regardless. Yeah. Like, that yeah, is it. That is just true, man. Fuck, stop. Kids are just cruel. And they don't care. They don't want to know why. They just want to be... They just want to take the piss out of you in yes. front of everyone. Yeah. yeah. To make them feel fucking... The same. Another insecurity again. I can pull a spark around, actually. Quite, quite good. That's, that's a very, very, very good point to make. But same people who are doing that is the same people who are out in the pubs. Pubs doing that stuff now. Exactly. Each other. That's, yeah. a, that's a great point. And I was always disliked. I mean, I can remember a few situations. We were in the centre when we were... I would mean, have been about 14 at the time. It's just when I moved back on um, someone who's got a reputation for being quite not violent, but just properly hit you with mm. weapons or you name it. I can remember us sitting there. I mean, Jimmy is the same. Like, anyone said anything, you know, okay, he's in a wheelchair, but yeah, didn't bother him any. You can't let people take fucking advantage. I mean, people you know would I mean? try, you know, you get the occasional person to go, oh, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I do find it well that he had no issue literally wiping out the chair and giving it his all because what's a fight compared to the stuff he's already went through yeah nothing literally nothing you know 13 hour odd operation over what some some little dick he can't hold his mouth like you know? yeah dude and that's it you get these people that have that that level of just that lack of knowledge and that level of disrespect over someone that's that's mm. just a prime example of why martial arts might actually help certain yeah. people you know because it humbles people right it, oh 100 people Feel like they need a power dynamic and they yeah. will try and uh use it on people they think are below them in the food yeah. chain for lack of yeah. a better term but like definitely with martial arts uh from speaking to people that are involved in said uh, arts seems to humble people to a point of where they don't not only does it give you the perspective of i don't need this in my life yeah. i'll just avoid this obviously if you can like some people yeah. take it to a situation where it yeah. has to uh, be dealt with but at the same time you know it would make people probably think of how they've acted yeah. previously if they've been that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people uh, that have maybe indulged in that behaviour before can't turn around and then like yeah, apologise for it causes, Yeah, because I mean, I do believe that some people generally probably do feel remorseful for certain things they've done. I know for a fact one or two people that I'd had altercations with in high school due to the way they were treating me mm-hmm. regarding my condition. Because it was nine out of ten times because of my condition. There was very few times I had certain other people who just had a reputation already genuinely upset about me having a reputation that I didn't ask for in the first place, mm-hmm. you know. And fights, unfortunately, you know, did come out of that. But, I mean, looking back at it, I could see certain people that I think, I just know a lot think, people that I know for a fact are remorseful for having treated me a certain way and I'm perfectly open to forgiving people. I'll, I class myself as a forgiving person, but I will always remember if someone has done something to, mm-hmm. to upset me or someone in my vicinity. And when I say my vicinity, I mean really close friends and family, because yeah. after that, it doesn't extend past me. I'll look out for anyone until they're given a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Then it's, as far as I can see us, well, if you're not welcoming the help, then why should I? Yeah. I mean, I'm the oldest of six. So <laughs> I have a lot of siblings to look out for. And when I say six, I mean six just in lost. I've got another three brothers. In uh, Forest. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I say the, I'm the oldest of all them. I am. Uh, from my stepfather, I've got my older sister who, you know, she's older than me. She's got her stuff sorted. But if someone, you know, upset her in any way, I'd be straight yeah. there, straight there, back and call, you know. And I do, I suppose, I've got quite a protective nature over my family, especially. Again, with having, been, having such a close family. Well, it's certainly, uh, certainly a, a a bonus, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Because, well, everyone has different 
different experiences in life. And I like to say that not so much having them the ability to kind of go, oh, I know if something happens to me that Connor can help, but more knowing that they could come to me for the help. That doesn't necessarily mean I will physically go and sort it, mm. but I can at least advise them in the right yeah. way to deal with it. You know, and that's more the 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 help I'd like them to look for. Um, you know, so I'm the one advising you not to do so. Whatever. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, you got Jamie on the other end. The advisor of the advisor. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it's as I said, with having matured a bit more, I've got a better ability to kind of distinguish. Yeah. The, the the right thing to do in certain situations whereas i will happily say i was a lot more hot-headed in high school mm-hmm. yeah uh, definitely exactly. a lot, but a obviously lot you're going you're going through yeah. like stuff even like puberty and stuff oh jesus like, and yeah, yeah. You know what i mean like there's many situations though like when he just wanted to act mm-hmm. I was, yeah but not here yeah, yeah. i do i do believe and i'm not using excuses but i do believe a lot of the problems stem from the amount of bullying that i did sustain yeah 100 percent. because i mean some of the stuff that, I, that had happened growing up i look back and i think Jesus, that was pretty heavy and they deserve nothing more than that yeah but think and then again one they were kids at the same time do you know what i mean like yeah i did stupid shit in yeah. high school that i regret doing do i mean you know even yeah. i think even between us we've had some silly things that i don't essentially regret them happening because they did shape me yeah but you think, why did it happen? You know, in the first place. But it's, it's nothing mental. No, yeah. just just more stupid things. Like Jesus, we used to fight all the time. Like between me, him, and, and our, uh, his brother, and my cousin Stuart. Honestly, like, and I mean, I don't even mean just like little fights. I mean, we, yeah, would, yeah, we yeah. would give each other an absolute hiding. You know, and uh, here's us all boisterous and setting in about each other until this hot Shimagrani swung open, <laughs> and then we all quickly share <laughs> ourselves with our. Or five foot fuck all granny who is literally put six stone wet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good fuck with granny though. You know. No, <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, she was uh fuck that. Oh no. Nah. I mean our granddad, our granddad's a very he's a very tough individual. I don't just mean he can fight, mm. I just mean he's a tough person. Yeah. Very light in we'll say Mr. Walker. You know, yep, yes, exactly no, very well. <laughs> Doesn't take any shit. No, definitely and not. And you ask anyone that's been in a talk she with him that said the wrong thing at the wrong time probably tell you that he's arrogant because he's told fuck off mm. because he doesn't care you got to know how it's a yeah as well. yeah and he passed he did pass a lot of the don't take shit mentality onto us as a, yeah. as a whole which isn't a bad thing technically because it doesn't just mean hitting someone if they say something you don't like mm-hmm. but standing your ground when you know yeah. you have to not letting people take advantage yeah exactly walk over you and shit because like i've got a younger brother i won't name him but you know we all know who he is who obviously love him a bit but he's very soft in his head if you will he's very easily persuaded mm. concerns me because he doesn't particularly pick the best company okay but he is my brother mm-hmm. so i have a responsibility to look after him albeit he makes it harder than it has to be but he's grown up he's learning he's yeah okay he's 18. well i make mistakes but we have to make mistakes yeah, to learn from 100 and i like to hope he will learn from him you know but I think out of any of them, he concerns me more than any of them because he's more likely to do something silly. Mm-hmm. Be in with the wrong crowd and say something and do something. Yeah. Right. But I know at the same time, he has got a bit of backbone to... He knows what's wrong and what's right. You know, but he can't be there to baby people. That, that, yeah, that doesn't help him any. You know, that, that definitely doesn't help. I suppose that's kind of coming to terms with the, the balance of being that kind of protective figure like you have to let yeah people have yeah 100 percent. i mean well. I, as i said it's terrible i can remember my mom, my mom worked in pubs for quite a quite a lot uh, of our your life mom's Tracy, yeah it? yeah so Dewey and um kelly's are, kelly are, are, 
But yeah, to be fair, fuck, you want to go to the three of them, I probably wouldn't fuck with any of them, to be quite honest with you. Again, you, you look at the muting much, but Kelly, to be fair, out of any of them, Kelly's, Kelly's just, aye. aye, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is the thing, the formally, you, you kind of see the circle now, the yeah. formally, in their own way, everyone's got their own little I've seen Ke- I've seen Kelly do Right, like she's. I would not fuck that. Well, I want to fuck her. Um, no chance. So I don't know if you've seen the story about the the people that occupied my toilet that one night on the podcast a few months ago. Do you not see it? No. Well, I'll go into it again because your auntie Kelly's involved in this. Believe it or not, that sounds about right. Though, um, yeah. So she wasn't occupied in my toilet. Let me let me just say. But That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Where's this uh, fucking story going? <laughs> so I, I fell asleep on the couch one night. Right. I think I was messing about with batteries for the cameras or something. Yeah. And then uh, my mum was out. And she was out with Kelly because, like, my mom and my auntie and that are like oh, good man. mates with uh, your mom's and uh, yeah. Kelly and that. And uh, I woke up to a phone call from my <laughs> from my mom saying there's people in the house, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? There's <laughs> no one here." I couldn't hear anything. It was like three in the morning. I was like, "Why are you not home?" Because I've, I've, I've got the door not open but unlocked. Mm. Um, because uh, I think I've lost my key or something at that point. Uh, so I was like, hurry up home because I've already fallen asleep twice. Like, I'm not doing a very good like guard job. Um, yeah. But uh, she was like, her brother saying uh, that there's people in the house. So I go through and I'm like, what's up? There's three people in the toilet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, they're knocking at the door and said that they're their mum's mates. And I'm like, and that's all it took. <laughs> that's all it took to let them in. So then I, I went to the, the door and I, like, I knocked. Nothing. I heard nothing. She would thought like there would have been movement or someone would have responded. It's like, oh, just, he's just talking now. He's just like complaining so my mom gets home quicker. So I went back through and was like, what are you on about? And he's like, there's people in there. And I'm like, there's not. He's like, try again. So I go back through again and then I notice the light is on this time. So I'm like, okay, that happens. Someone forgets to switch the light off. I'm going to open this door. It's going to reveal no one's there. The door is locked. So I'm like, okay, so there is someone in there. <laughs> and then like 10 seconds after that i just hear like you know it wasn't anyone threatening so i didn't like take it too severe i mean it's bad you shouldn't break and enter into people's yeah, house yeah, of course but not. it wasn't like people robbing or being threatened or anything yeah. but uh, some uh, what her name was but some girl replied it's so and so and i'm then I, that's when i kind of like who <laughs> like, <laughs> who's that uh, so they're like we're just coming out and i'm like okay <laughs> God, no. but um it was actually my next door neighbor well Tell you who that is after we've finished here right um uh and apparently he had a like a not fisticuffs but an argument and i was it was weird though because i was like because he said oh, i'm your neighbor and i was like i know that that doesn't make me any more start to stop why you're here though. Yeah, yeah why are you in my toilet at <laughs> half three in the morning and then he was like oh i've just had a like an argument someone threatened to bar me across the road i was like right again this is not helping this is not my problem. To yeah, how you yeah. got to my toilet so he was like, we're just leaving. And I'm like, you know what? I'm way too tired for this. Just just go. So then I phoned my mom back and I was like, yeah, you know what? He was right. There was people in the house. And she was like, right, we're just coming back. I know I'm just coming back. So thank God, I'm going to get in bed here. <laughs> and uh, so my mom comes back in a minibus and in there is uh, two of her mates and your auntie Kelly. And yeah. uh, your auntie Kelly comes in and speaks to my younger brother, yeah. I should say. <laughs> Uh, and he said what happened in that and she's like straight round like knocking on the door and I'm like it got to the point because you know what I love your family guys but it did get to the point at five in the morning I was like can everyone please just leave my house I really want to that sounds like us to any of our family that's the thing right Kelly goes out and forgets to go fucking home yeah. <laughs> she's, great. That's it. she's awesome see if you're looking for a really that's, good party oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but you need to be able to hawk it because honestly, the, the women can go for. She'll keep just yeah, keep going. Yeah. The machine. 
Yeah. See, like ever since she turned like <laughs> Kelly's been looking after me when I was a kid, right? So yeah. she would have been like 15. Mm-hmm. And she'd take me into town, right? With all her friends. Aye. So like so I was like a fucking toddler. <laughs> and I'm gonna buy this is like 1998. And I'm yeah, fucking the old days. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm one of the big kids, and I'm fucking about with all these like Aye. and uh she, she would take me out. She would always get in trouble because we'd go to McDonald's. McDonald's had just opened in Elgin <laughs> at this point, right? Anyway, so she, she's been getting me in trouble since then. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And she's sure. still... The same, she's not changed, eh? No. Not, never. She's definitely never definitely not as uh, hot-headed as she was, but she's fine, but she's still got that streak, 100%. <laughs> Found the balance. Having the mask. <laughs> no, no, def- definitely no, not. I, d- no. I didn't say it like a mean way. I just said, look, I'm no, really no, tired. No, no, I've been no. woking up at three in the morning. A lot of shit has happened tonight. I mean, I'm not lying. If I was in said position, regardless of it being my family or not, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, what the fuck are we I would doing?" Have, I would have been like, "Fuck off, just go." Because honestly, well, I can explain to you multiple times that we've ended up like after parties, not after just mm. family gatherings, and we're like, "Right, no, just people struggling yeah. at this point." <laughs> and I love a party as much as anyone, but it gets to a point sometimes you're like. What can we even yeah, do? There is a point where yeah. it's too when you look at each start. other and you go, This is the time. Yeah. This is way past the time. This is the bo- bad time when Conan feeds me Bombay <laughs> Sapphire. Oh. That was the story I told you about the Bombay Sapphire. Was him. Yeah. His fault. Oh, that was yeah, that was entertaining. That um that was fucked. I think was I going with song up? I think I was that oh. fucked me up. That I might have been going with song at that point, but I can't I remember like one of the times anyway we'd been together. Normally very good when we get together drinking because, yeah, you like to encourage each other to do yeah stupid shit. And I think it was your twenty first, was it? Mm. Um, somebody thought it was a good idea to buy him a bottle of Bombay's off here. The next day was quite fun. So we, mm. do you remember any of it? No. We thought, <laughs> oh well, well, I just remember saying, let's shot it. And nothing after that. I don't yeah. like gin. I hate gin. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't like gin now because of that. It's, it's an acquired taste, but there's no way in hell you'll see me touching it again mm. because the the, the, the destruction that that portrayed the next day was. Yeah, I can't look at. I can't look at the, the, the taste of a specific alcohol that gets you in a bad place. It stays with you for the rest of yeah, time. Yeah. Sambuca is another <laughs> one. Is what say, unfortunately, for me, it's tequila rose sambuca. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to love Barney Kelly's fault. I used to love uh, refresher bombs. Oh yeah, yeah, and I got obsessed with making them on pre drinks mm-hmm. when I first got my house and everything like that. And uh, I actually went to Inverness on a day out, and I was hunting for aftershocks. I couldn't find it in Elgin. Turns out the Buccaneer sold it all along, as many other things that the Buccaneer yeah. always sold. You know, probably shouldn't have, but they sold everything. You know, and uh, yeah, we went in there, and uh, I was there. So, all right, nice. And this is the first time I could never drink it again. Was every night out, I'd always have it. Went back to my house and I poured a massive measure of it. Like be greedy. Didn't realize how sickly after Shawhawks mm. it was, and obviously made a, a very tiny amount of Red Bull or whatever. I don't even know it was Red Bull. I think it was like the thirty-two P, like off-brand energy I stuff. Like, stripper. you know, <laughs> it was like it was even a merge. I think it was the stuff down from that. You yeah. know, and uh, it was mm. Boost or something like that. You know, and then yeah, chucked <laughs> in, drink it. You may as well drink some petrol, like, yeah, and then but... next thing you know, I just straight away. Yeah. It was like that was it. That smell, taste, and everything just always comes back as an issue. It's like, yeah, yeah, man, been that, there. That been was there. just like that. Sambuca. I think it was your eighteenth. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. He was eighteen, and we, he comes into the coolie, and we just yeah. He looked <laughs> at each other, just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> woofed, and I, I, I had to go home early. Eh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I fucked it. Aye, 
Uh, I, I mean, I told you about the Glens vodka last time, uh, or two weeks ago. The one, yeah. Glens vodka. Glen, Glens is a, is a dangerous. Way. I'm a, I'm a vodka man. I lost a good pair of glasses to that drink. So. Yeah. I love it. I love a good vodka. I'm too cheap for Grey Goose, unfortunately. Because mm. it's um, like fifty pound a bottle. Yeah, it, I am myself, it? and I, uh, I, I don't drink enough to warrant buying it. Mm. But when I do drink, I tend to really go for it. So yeah, yeah. I can't warrant a, a nice drink like Glen, that's Glens, like yeah. <laughs> Grey Goose. <laughs> See, like I. I that was my drink of choice, yeah, right? Yeah. But I would buy a bottle nearly every week and it was like thirty yeah. quid Aye, yeah. in the co-op. And I was stupid enough to pay it. Because you would get it elsewhere for cheaper, right? But I would buy it anyway. And it was just so much better. The class, it was just such more class. But I I actually got into drinking that uh absolute raspberry stuff. Yes, remember I was that's drinking fucking, all that one of your birthdays as well. Uh, that's that's brilliant, that <laughs> yeah. stuff. That's really good. Smooth, stuff. smooth drink. But mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, nothing I'll ever quite touch a, a good old glass of Imperial with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the stuff that does a damage. Like, you yeah. ever tried a pink polar bear? What the hell is a pink polar bear? I can't. Monty <laughs> Kelly told me what it was. I was going to say I can't remember what it's made she, of, but it's nice. <laughs> she used to work in the coolie obviously. Yeah, the barmaid, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I remember there would only be so many people that knew what it was. Yeah, and you couldn't go to every barmaid, and I don't know if every barmaid knew what it was, but. Kelly would make it, and I think Cheryl would make it, and whatever. Yeah. Get on it, might have made it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, I used to go up and get it. It cost you like a fiver, and it was worth it. And it wasn't much. It was like a glass like this size, and I would fuck you. Yeah. Amazing. Do you remember the worst uh, investment the Cooley ever made was that uh, vodka shop machine with the flavors? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> with the crispy bacon in that. No oh, one ever oh. bought it. Oh. I can't uh, say yeah. I was. I can't no say I was. Uh, the good ones. I forgot about that. I, say, I don't think I was ever. Uh, oh. say, I don't think I was out and about that kind of point. Yeah. But vodka with that sounds entertaining. Right? Oh. They spent so much money on it as well. This literally, I think it went one night because it was straight vodka with like a hint <laughs> of what was in it. So there was like, don't I'm off Voshbox that yeah. bacon stuff. Eh? Bad. It was real. Bad. Like I'm, I'm not even joking. Like that's that, that's top five. Don't oh, know. I do. I do Most often. I do often. Do often associate bad decisions with the coolie like you know <laughs> like fueling you know fueling your stomach or sorry just say nights out lighting lighting your stomach with scampi fries and or sorry uh, and, uh bacon, bacon fries yeah bacon ah, fries yeah. and the uh, scampi ones and then thinking you can then go on an absolute sesh after it and wonder why you're absolutely destroyed the next yeah. day you know it's like oh very good but here i used to live in that place same is it is it like i mean my my mum used to work over there yeah, as well, and yeah. then and then when I because it was I didn't really know where I was gonna go when I turned eighteen. It was kind of like yeah. I was like one of the older ones in my group, so it was like we're gonna go. And then uh, my uncle Kev, auntie, my auntie Jackie's partner, went over there for a pint, and then it just got to the point where like more and more people became eighteen, and we're just all in there. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a really good place for a, for a long time. Yeah, like, man. You know, may it rest in peace. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> was being the key word, past tense, 100%, I shall stick to that, because, yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, we used to, I mean, me and Forrester would be out there, like, <laughs> five days a week, maybe. Like, it was almost like a hotel for like, yeah, half no, the I mean, regulars. I don't know. Like, when he was, because he would be offshore, he was offshore at the time, so mm. I, I would just, like, meet him again. Like, he would come, he would, when he was home, we'd yeah. be out all the time. Dude, order, order like chip A's and pedos yeah. and everything over there. That was when you could actually get food delivered. There yeah, before, which was awesome. Again, let's just reflect and, and the and good times. Leave, leave the past where it is. Even if you were, even if you weren't supposed to do that, they didn't give a shit. No. The amount of money we were spending yeah. in that joint, they didn't give a fuck. 
and half of the outside wasn't dug up either. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. we've been going for almost two hours here. Thank you very much for the time, dude. Um, I thought I would just ask one more question yeah, before we go. let you go. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of what we what I've asked every kind of combat sports sure. person that's been on. It's just what overall martial arts has done for your life and where do you think it would have been had it not been in your life or you hadn't came across? Yeah, right, nice one. Uh, yeah, so overall, uh, as I said, it gave me a great, great sense of values that I never had before. You know, I wouldn't have really came across if I hadn't trained martial arts. So it gave me a lot of confidence. Allowed me to be more disciplined in my life, be able to set goals and actually carry them out. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things to be honest with you is the ability to actually sit and go, right, this is my goals. You gotta have goals, you know. Mm. I'm gonna now go and chase them and carry them out, you know. So that was that was definitely one of the biggest things I'd say that I achieved was the learning of realizing that setting goals is a very it's an accomplishing thing. You know, um it allows you to put a lot of focus on you know, on your life in general. I don't just mean setting goals in martial arts, just in your life. I want to be here, I want to do this, just just you know. So yeah, uh, definitely one of the biggest things for me, and as I said, allowing me to kind of progress as a person, just in all aspects. Really, you know, it's, I can't get into it too much because it's just it's such a wide yeah, yeah. variety of. But in, in all sense, it better me as a person for the for the yeah, one hundred percent undoubtedly better me as a person. You know, so yeah, as in where I think I wouldn't be, uh, sorry, where I think I would be if I didn't have it in my life. <sighs> Honestly, I, I wouldn't have any good answer for that mm. in the sense of. Nothing good, I don't think, you know, came out of it because, well, I look at it this way. What would be the alternative if I didn't train? Now, I could arguably say that it would be what I was doing before I came back to training, but I believe, and this sounds silly, I believe the focus that I applied in my training also helped me apply that to my hobby of the cars and that as well. Mm. You ask anyone when I set my mind to do something in a car, how big or how small I will do it. And when most people are sitting going, I wouldn't be doing that out there, outside. Again. Is it an obsession for you? Having that, yeah. Having that motivation, uh, the way that I apply my mentality in martial arts, allowed me to do the same with my work, which also happens to be my hobby. Mm -hmm. I work in the motor trades. I love cars, bikes, all of it. Great. So, had I not have done martial arts, I believe I wouldn't have attained the mentality that I have. So I wouldn't have then not only not progressed in a career aspect, I genuinely believe I would have settled for and it's not pounding at anyone that does any of the jobs that they might believe I'm referring to, but just your bog standard kind of mm -hmm. run of the mill jobs. Yeah. Just that people do just for the sakes of earning a wage. That's just not me. You know, I would rather do something I have a passion for. So that means not saying doubt them jobs. It's just if that's your passion, that's fine, but it's not mine, obviously. So yeah, I believe I would have just been stuck in some sort of job if I was even that motivated or just generally not really worried about where I was at, not really focused on where I was going. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would dare to say I would just be one of these people that believes that going out on the piss every weekend was the, the answer to life itself. Yeah. Just coasting. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just getting through the motions and yeah, I just, I, I, I can't see any sort of good outcome. Obviously, I can't predict what would have happened, but from my point of view as to where I thought it would have been, just based off seeing people that have progressed in life the same way, I say progressed, just coasted through life in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't believe I'd be anywhere anywhere worth worth looking up. I would just be another person just doing the same shit every week without any sort of outlook to you know better themselves. You know. 
Awesome, dude. Best of luck for future competitions and stuff like that. I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, you having me on. Once you've cleaned house again. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. I, I imagine you have a treasury room in that house with all the gold that you've picked up over the uh, over the time. Got a few. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few. <laughs> a few, few nice sets of medals, a few bronzes and silvers as well, but yeah, a few golds. Uh, so yeah, as I said, UK, UK Championship's next. That's the next goal. And then from there, uh, it's push hard for the black belt. Because it's a hard, a yeah, big man. step, you know. And providing all that and I can get the, the right effort in that I need to, the right amount of work, go for the Scotland team, get the Euros out of the way. So sweet man. And I appreciate everything else that we spoke about today and the feeling that you can speak to I mean obviously I know you know Jamie really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and speak to us about it like publicly and this and that and yep. Pleasure as always, sir. Um, I will get back. Well, we'll see each other in two or three weeks after this little mini hiatus. Yep. Of the summer is over, and uh, yeah, we'll see you for episode fifty-eight. This is fifty-seven. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>